Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to The Trader, a traitor's podcast. My name's Matthew and I'm a writer working in TV development and I am a handy faithful. I'm not letting that phrase go. The Trader is a deep dive into every episode of the hit TV competition series, The Traitors. And this is season three of the podcast dedicated to The Traitors Australia. The previous episode was the first interview special of the season and I spoke to Teresa Hunter Matt Mikalef all about his gameplay, his secret alliances and his zero regrets. There are now many more of these interviews to come. In fact, there will be at least one interview special in between each of the regular episode deep dives from here on in. Today, we'll be exploring episode 8 of The Traitors Australia, and I'm going to be joined by a brand new guest co-host who brilliantly responded to my call out for more people who are not men. Before we meet her, despite me saying just two episodes ago that I'd be putting TT News on the back burner because foolishly I thought there was a bit of a traitor's lull, something fantastic was announced, so let's talk about this in a mini but special TT News segment. It's the news I have been hyping up basically since I started the podcast in January, but had begun to think actually wasn't going to happen. The Traitors Australia is coming to BBC3 and BBC iPlayer here in the UK. Super TV 24-7 reported on this in the last couple of days, and as Lizzo would say, it's about damn time. 
in a way, the timing of this makes perfect sense. The BBC probably want to keep up Traitor's momentum and meet the demands now that six months have passed since the huge hit UK version was first broadcast, and it falls neatly between presumably when Series 2 will arrive, I'm guessing October or November again. Now that Australia Season 2 is also on its way, with promo shots of the cast out, it makes sense that the BBC want to broadcast Season 1 before that's released. I also think Australia is sort of having a moment here in the UK, with drama series, £10 Poms being such a big, possibly unexpected hit, as well as Catherine Tate's new Queen of Oz BBC show, and the ongoing obsession with reality shows like Married at First Sight Australia. I'm calling it Renaissance, which sounds a bit like a pasta dish or something. Whatever the reason, I'm here for it, and I know a lot of UK Traitors fans who are really excited about this announcement and who will be streaming the show, and who, of course, can then listen to this season of the podcast. The Traitors Australia will be streaming on BBC iPlayer in July. So, on we go further into the series then. Today is all about episode 8 of The Traitors Australia and joining me is a new guest co-host. Let's find out who she is. My guest co-host today is new to the podcast, which is very exciting. I am speaking to Kim Dunaway from Nashville, Tennessee. And Kim is the host of the Cutting Edge podcast, where she recaps all the competitions in the figure skating world. She has also hosted podcasts on TV and nutrition and is a longtime reality show fan. Additionally, Kim is a mom and a Titans fan. Kim, welcome to The Trader. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. How are you? Oh, I'm doing really well. Thank you so much. Now, firstly, I know as much about sports as I do about successful relationships. Who are the Titans? So it's a American football. I have to always say that when I'm talking to a podcast that's overseas in, in the UK, because for them, it's <laughs> soccer, right? So American football and the Titans are in the NFL. They're actually going to be in London for like the NFL does so many NFL games in London every oh, season. Wow. So they've been there once. And then this coming season, they're going to be over there again. So they're the local Nashville team. So yeah, that's, um, I am. If you see me on Twitter, it's usually tweeting about figure skating, reality TV, or the Titans, those three things. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay, now I know. American football. Got it. And your podcast, Cutting Edge, is all about figure skating. Uh, in the UK, we have a reality show called Dancing on Ice, which is basically um, like Dancing with the Stars, but with ice skating. Do you? Is there a US version of that? There, they they tried it once. It was called like skating with celebrities. It was literally like after maybe the two thousand six Olympics. They tried it one time. It wasn't very successful. I have seen clips of of that show in the UK. I know Olivia Smart uh, won this past season with her partner, and I saw some of their performances. So yeah, apparently it's a big deal. I wish they did it over here, but no, yeah. no way. <laughs> uh, maybe they'll maybe they'll revive it sometime because I mean it does fairly well here. There's it's been on for years now, so it must be doing okay. So yeah, there's one in Canada called Battle of the Blades that's been really popular too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Now, uh, tell me about the traitors. Then, how did you come across this show? Which which version did you find first? 
So I basically found out about it on their Survivor subreddit. So I'm a huge Survivor fan. I've seen every episode. And so I originally saw that Suri and Stephanie were going to be on the U.S. version. And so that's I saw it. I saw it months after it had aired. So I already knew what happened when I watched it. (laughs) And I enjoyed it so much that I was ecstatic when Peacock, which is our streaming platform over here that carries the traders, when they had both the U.K. and Australia versions, too. So I watched the U.K. version second, and I'm working my way through the Australian version now. I've enjoyed all three of them. Excellent. So we're we're going to talk about episode eight of The Traitors Australia. And um, I write in thinking you haven't seen the end of the season, so you don't know where it's going. That's right. I don't. I've seen a beyond this episode, but no, I have not seen how it all ends. And I haven't been spoiled either, so I don't know. Okay, excellent. I'm not going to spoil anything for you. And I am so excited on your behalf for you to watch the rest of the season. So... Uh, something that I like to ask new guest co-hosts is uh, what their biggest betrayal has been. <laughs> this could be the biggest, the strangest, the funniest, the worst, the most ridiculous lie you ever told. And uh, did you get away with it? Do you have a biggest betrayal, Kim? It would have to be when I told my sister she was adopted. <laughs> <laughs> I I could not find her birth certificate. So this is a real story. I could not find her birth certificate. I could find only mine and only my brother's. And people always told me that I look like my mom. And people always told my brother that he looked like our dad. But my sister was always the oddball who didn't look like anybody else. She was shorter than the rest of us. She was always a little bit different. And so I had her completely convinced that she was adopted. And my parents were pissed. pissed. They had to really like, you know, go. And because again, she also didn't have like baby pictures like the rest of us did because my mother said like they didn't develop or something along those lines, you know? So, I mean, I had myself convinced. <laughs> but anyway, it, it was not true. And they were really, really upset and pretty much banned me from ever saying it again. <laughs> How old were you? Oh, gosh, I was probably 10 or 11 years old. We're three years apart. So okay. it's probably eight. <laughs> okay. I was worried you were going to say, like, I was 21. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I got that out of my system by my 20s. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's a good one. Uh, before we dive into episode eight of The Traitors Australia, then, I'm going to introduce you to our game, The Trader Traitor. Our secret mission for the rest of the episode is to try to betray one another by telling an undetected lie. So you can tell me something about the show, about yourself, or anything else that is a complete fabrication. For example, if I hadn't already asked you, you could have told me that the Titans are a roller derby team, and that would have been your lie. However, your lie can't be a fake opinion, like saying that you feel the Titans are the second best American football team in the world, when actually your true opinion is that they are the best team in the world. So we are looking for fake facts, not fake opinions. Uh, Does the game sound okay? I'm going to try my best. Okay, let's go for it. Our game begins... Now, and we are ready to talk about episode eight of The Traitors Australia. Episode eight begins with a 
bit of a recap of what happened last time. What do we need to know? And in the previous episode, Dirk somehow escaped banishment. Just about. Um, at this moment, Kate seems to be sort of top of the suspect, or she was top of the suspect list, but then she won the shield, so she couldn't be banished. And instead, Matt ended up talking himself into banishment. So at this point, we've got two traitors and eight faithful left. And the episode ended with this cliffhanger. The traitors have been given this opportunity to recruit a new traitor, and they've chosen Alex. So we were left wondering whether or not she would accept. Uh, Kim, did you think Alex was a good choice for a potential recruit? Yeah, I mean, they kind of went through the options. I mean, in my mind, you don't want to recruit either Teresa or Kate because you've, you're, they're already going at each other's throats, right? People already suspect them. You know, Dirk, again, people already are suspecting him. So then that kind of leaves less options. So I thought Alex made the most sense. They were also, was it Lewis is, was the other person that they yeah. were also kind of debating against? Um, I feel like I, I didn't know a whole lot about him. But yeah, I thought Alex was was a good choice there. I, I'm always interested, and, and I'm, I'm curious as to what your opinion is, when they recruit traders this late in the game like what's your opinion on that um my opinion in terms of um whether or not it's fair or a good idea or in what way yeah do you think it's fair to the i mean do you think it's fair to the faithful i mean i certainly understand why the producers do it but do you think it's fair to the faithful to add a, another person into the mix this late in the game I think if I was a faithful, I would feel like it was unfair. I would feel like I was being really disadvantaged all the time. And I and I think the game is definitely unfairly weighted towards traitors, especially when this kind of thing happens. But yeah, I also understand the that's probably that's the way the game will always go. I think the I think the the producers of the show will never want it to reach the end. And all the traitors are gone. It, it's not ever going to be entertaining if they find all the traitors by episode six, and then we have to watch the rest of the season, and it's just all. It just wouldn't. It wouldn't work. There would be nowhere for the show to go. So yeah, I understand they have to keep a pool of traitors. So there always has to be someone who's a traitor there. But yeah, I, as as a faithful, I would probably be annoyed that we were voting them out. And then they were just replenishing themselves. What do you think about it? Well, I guess I was a little surprised in this particular version of Traders that they didn't recruit somebody immediately. Because I feel like, you know, in, in other versions, maybe it was more immediate, you know, not mm -hmm. to, to spoil or giving anything away if they haven't watched those other seasons. But it's, I feel like there was at least a murder in between them giving me the offer to, to recruit somebody. So I thought that was kind of interesting. It also wasn't clear to me if they if they had the option to recruit or not. It kind of seemed like they were definitely recruiting somebody, where, again, I feel like in the other editions that they were given the option of whether or not they wanted to or not. So I just thought it, I thought it was it was interesting, the timing of it, because it seems a little bit later in the game. I mean, I don't hate it because, I mean, I love the drama, right? You love the drama <laughs> of, add, of adding that that in. But I do, like you, it feels like it's, it's always kind of disadvantaged for the faithful, and then they're just going to add more pool. Because, I mean, in this particular one they started with four traders right and in the other yeah. two they just started with three so yeah yeah and i think you're right i i don't think 
Nigel and Marielle had much of a choice. I think they were told, you have to recruit someone. Um, and their, their only choice was who they chose. Right. So they they picked Alex and we begin the episode not knowing whether or not she has accepted. So we, we start off at breakfast uh, and Dirk and Kate are the first two to arrive, which is probably very deliberate because they are kind of the top two suspects right now amongst everybody. Um, and Kate says to Dirk, not many people have talked their way out of an entire room voting for them, which he did and did really well. And at this point, we get Dirk's sort of VT, like his backstory. We find out a little bit more about him outside of the competition. So we see that he's a hotel concierge, which we kind of, he had sort of mentioned this at one or two points, but also he has this whole other element to his life. He's like a sort of Australian Jinx Monsoon cabaret and vaudeville host uh, with his alter ego. Um, I guess it makes sense because Dirk's quite funny and very comedic. So it kind of makes sense. Oh, he's a performer. He's used to making jokes in front of audiences. Uh, so now we know a little bit more about Dirk. Interesting. Um, and then Alex is arriving at that moment. So Alex is coming down the stairs on her way to breakfast. And we hear her voiceover, which is quite ambiguous. She's talking about, you know, how she felt receiving that letter last night, how weighing up the decision was really hard. And then we we have a flashback. We cut back to Traitor's Tower the night before. Nigel and Marielle are waiting with their hoods up and their masks on. And a new traitor arrives. So it becomes really obvious. Alex has obviously accepted and it's such a, I love the reveal moment when, you know, they take off the masks and the and the hood. Alex looks totally shocked to see Nigel and Marielle um, and they welcome her in. Uh, I mean, did you, did you think Alex was probably going to accept at the end of the last episode? Yeah, I, I did. I did because she she seemed like one of those that her curiosity was 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 going to win more than anything else. I also did never felt like she was one of those that was like she will die for the faithful. Like you've had those people <laughs> that are so faithful, like they can't see themselves being a traitor. Like Alex, I felt like yeah, she was going to do it. I loved her reaction because it was clear that she had no idea that it was those two, and so I did love that. Which was so what was so strange to me in that moment though was when Marielle goes what do you think about us you know uh, pushing you know angus and claire under the bus and i was like why is that like your first thing that you're saying to her? <laughs> like you just now welcomed her into this club but it's like it, it was almost like a like a threat in a kind of a way it was kind of weird yeah i I've, i noted the exact same thing uh, that marielle immediately starts bragging and says did you like her little takeover of traitor's tower yeah i also thought don't say that straight away. Like, that's that's like a really bad first impression to make. And Alex even says, please don't do that to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and I would be thinking the same thing. And Alex, are, are, are they telling me that because they're about to throw me under the bus now? Because yeah. I mean, really, I mean, that's what Nigel's, that was one of the reasons he wanted to recruit somebody else or recruit her in particular. He wanted cannon fodder, as he yeah. said, just somebody else to sort of push in front of the bus to keep the heat away from them. So. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 it is such a great reaction that that moment, and I'm I'm going to be interviewing Alex next week. So that's something I, I'm going to ask her about. Did at that moment did she who did she think the traitors were? I wonder if she had any suspicion about those two. But well, I'll find out. Uh, so they they reaffirm to Alex 
what Alex said herself last night, they basically say, look, being a traitor is great. They say it halves your chances of going home. You don't need to worry about being murdered at night. Um, and, that, and Alex had kind of realised that herself. So then we cut back to the present. Alex arrives at breakfast and now we're seeing her in a different light. We realise right from this moment on, Alex is going to have to act. She's going to have to pretend and fake everything. After Alex, uh, Nigel arrives and he admits in his voiceover what you've just said, Kim. He he basically says, yeah, we recruited Alex so that we can shove her under the bus when needed. Um, everyone starts to arrive one by one. Uh, and you, you've you seen the UK and the US versions. So this is one of those things that's slightly different here. And the UK and US version, they tend to arrive in pairs or threes, but... but Australia, it's it's very much one at a time that they come into the breakfast room. So the faithful don't know that there was no murder last night. They don't know that there's been this recruitment yet. And the final two that we're waiting for are are Marielle and Teresa. So everyone assumes right one of them has has been murdered last night. Fee is freaking out. Um, I love Fee. Kim, how do you feel about Fee? She is so emotional. <laughs> I mean, she is. I mean, it's, she's just in tears and crying, and she's like one of these these characters that I'm actually kind of surprised they haven't murdered yet because she's one of those that she just comes across as so 100 percent faithful that I, I don't see that there's any value in keeping her in in the game, and so she's one of those that I'm always like, why haven't they gotten rid of her yet? But but yeah, she's a great character to have. You know, I don't think that her tradar is very good, <laughs> at least not so far that we've seen. But she's been a great character to have on the show. And then, yeah, her just being completely emotional here. I think if if you're looking at her, you're going, OK, there's there's no way she's there's no way she's a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless she's an amazing actress. But yeah, I think I think you're right. It's it's she's somebody who. It's pretty clear that she's faithful as much as you can trust anything. So, and, and she's really close to Teresa. So I think she's close to Marielle as well, but she's so close to Teresa. She's freaking out that Teresa might not arrive. And of course, Marielle is the one who walks in first. They think that Marielle's the last person to arrive. So they are shocked. Fee's devastated. There's this really somber mood because they think Teresa's gone. It's... It's really clever of the producers, I think, to do that because they know that Fee and Teresa are besties, so they're they're playing around with them here. Uh, Marielle's quite impressed with Alex because Alex is like almost in tears, so already she's doing a great job of fulfilling her traitor acting role. Of course, moments later, Teresa bounds in the door in her usual boisterous way and everyone is hysterical um and teresa teresa's just like what the hell's going on like it, I, it's a great tv moment i i love this little bit uh so they realize there's been no murder teresa's still around uh it, it's great roger then arrives and in typical roger like comedic scripted fashion does this fake head count and he tells that he says oh no you're all here no one's been murdered but he tells them that kind of the truth he tells them that the traitors have recruited someone new so they're all very shocked uh lewis says this is the worst thing that could have possibly happened right now um i wonder if this could be a could they see it as a good thing though because 
there's one there's one more traitor, so statistically it's more likely that they'll find one now. I guess the only positive light I can I can put on it, um, if that makes yeah, any sense. I, yeah, I thought this was actually, because when, when I first watched it, I was like, I don't know that I like that Roger told them that there was another traitor. But when I watched it a second time, I was like, well, you know what? I think this helps to tip the scales for the faithful a little bit, because now they've gotten a clue that you know, ordinarily they wouldn't have because, yeah. you know, again, in the other versions, you know, they're going, you know, was the, can they recruit somebody else? Was there somebody else? Cause there wasn't a murder. They don't really know. And so here they know exactly. And like you said, now the odds of them picking somebody have gone up much higher. So I do think that announcing it ultimately helps the faithful out here. Yeah, I agree. Cause I, I think like we said earlier, the game is, is really built in favor of the traitors in terms of sort of statistics and numbers and your chances of surviving so i I do think the faithful need some kind of help sometimes so i think telling them that there's been a recruitment is fair and yeah like like you suggested it gives them a chance to look around and think well who's changed maybe who seems a little bit different and that's exactly what they start to do they're they're all staring around the table looking at one another and Teresa says, right, we'll, we'll easily, we'll spot the new traitor because someone's going to start acting in a really different way. It'll be really obvious. Let's all look around and see if we can figure it out. Um, but Kate picks up on that. And Kate thinks, why did you jump to that conclusion so quickly? It was as if you had already thought about this. So there's this becomes the start of of something that's going to continue on throughout the episode. So after breakfast, we next move to the cars. We're on our way to the silver challenge for today. Um, Alex is doing her voiceover. She's saying no one suspects her at all. She thinks she's doing a really good job. And I think she's right from what we've seen. She says she's she's going to continue to act exactly as she has been. I guess that's easier said than done. And she's observing Marielle to see, well, how has Marielle been doing it this whole time? And she seems quite impressed with her. Um, Marielle then has, has tries to start manipulating things. I think she she's focusing on Teresa's entrance and how she did this thing, the thing that Kate had noticed as well. That very soon after walking into breakfast, Teresa had sort of come up with a plan. She'd come up with very specific advice for everyone about how they were going to catch the new traitor. So Marielle's thinking, right? I could use this. I could get someone else out now. So we arrive at the silver challenge for the episode. It's in this sort of, it looks like this old correctional facility that I'm guessing is abandoned and they don't use it anymore unless they hired it out in like, <laughs> I don't know. Really? I, I thought it looked like an old hotel. Like I thought they were trying to bill it as a correctional facility, but I was like, okay, what prison do you have doors that open to the the outside? You know, <laughs> I, to me, it looked like an old abandoned hotel. That that's maybe that makes more sense. Yeah, I was, and <laughs> maybe I'm going too literal. I was like, oh wow, there's just this old prison that no one uses. <laughs> like, except... well, there was like, it, it, did you ever see the mole that was on the um, Netflix? I don't I, know what's available in the UK. It's it is available here. I haven't watched it, but I I okay. know what it is, and I've seen little clips of it. There, there. They had like this really great challenge in the U.S. version of the Mall on Netflix, where they were like literally in a prison, and then they were locked in the cells. 
But that was like a legit like prison because, you know, they were in a cell inside this bigger building. There was like barbed wire on the outside and all of these things. So I had that thought when when I when they said the prison, I was expecting something like that. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is like unless the prisons are different over there than they are over here, which is totally possible. (laughs) But it it looked to me like a hotel. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Um, So the challenge is that there are 10 bars hidden in the different prison cells or hotel rooms, whatever they are. Um, so it's, it's a physical game more than anything else. It's a game of running around and doing things quickly. They have to grab keys from a board, uh, run from cell to cell to see if the key fits any of the locks. If they do work, they then have to search the room for a black box with a padlock. And then they have to phone a tower and get the padlock code. It's it's another um it's like a collaborative mission. They're all in it together. I I've noticed in the Traitors Australia, they don't I think all of the challenges are kind of collaborative. Like they don't really like in the UK and US versions, they often split them into teams against one another, which always felt quite pointless to me. I never really understood that. Um what do you think of the of the challenges in the Aussie version? Well, for one thing, since they're not at the Scottish castle again, the challenges have been completely different. So that's been a breath of fresh air, right? Yeah. And and of course, last week, you know, they had that that challenge for the shield. So that was the individual. But yeah, for the that's most true. part, like, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's been a good balance. You know, the, the team's challenges and the other ones never made sense to me because you're not going up against each other. Like you're all trying to contribute money to the pot. So that never made a whole lot of sense anyway. And so dividing people up into skills makes a whole lot more sense. It was interesting to me, like in this challenge, I'm like, why are Nigel and Fee so much better than everybody else? Are they just lucky? You know, because I mean, they got like three or four bars and like everybody else got like one. And I think there was maybe one team that didn't get anything at all. And it was so bizarre to me. So Yeah. Yeah. I think Nigel is must be like really fit. Like, because he he a few episodes back he like jumped in that lake and he was like swimming out like i think nigel's probably you know he must he must work out <laughs> yeah he's like a yeah one of those people that's like you know doesn't look it but you know they they clearly clearly are closet athletes <laughs> yeah a closet athlete absolutely um so yeah it's this it's this collaborative effort um they always seem to need they need people to do like the mad running around physical bit and then a sub team doing like the instructional bit. Teresa always ends up on the team that's the instruction team. <laughs> and so in this case, Teresa and Kate are alone in this room together. Uh, even it's quite, it's a funny pairing because both of them suspect the other. I, I, I don't know if they decided to take those roles or if production had a hand in that. I'm not sure. Um, I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was great. I mean, to me, I was impressed that they were able to work together so well that they could just like turn that off. Yeah. But yeah, you could, you could just see each other looking at each other out of the corner of their <laughs> eye constantly. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so by the halfway point, they only have one silver bar. But then I guess their pro- their progress will speed up because they'll eliminate rooms as they go. So that's probably just the nature of how this task would work. Um, and, it, and it all ends in another nick of time moment at the end of the mission. Marielle places like this last bar in front of Roger just as he counts down to zero. Um, I, 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 I think, you know... I don't know how much I believe this. I think I think he saw There's her running no towards way. him. Yeah. And he was like, oh, countdown now. 
just to make it yeah. seem more tense. Because I think they literally showed like 23 seconds left on the clock when they like entered the room. And I was like, there's absolutely no way <laughs> that that could, you know, all that could happen in 23 seconds. I think there was a little bit of fudge. Either they fudged the, they gave them more time or they fudged the amount that they told us that they had left. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So at the end of the, whether it's real time or not, they, they've what, they won $12,000. So in total, uh, they now have $170,000. That's 110 thousand US dollars and ninety thousand British pounds. I did a little online search for that one. Um so we return back to the house or the hotel I should say and Fee tells Dirk that despite his speech last time in the banishment room, she's still suspicious of him. Uh he, she he's still on her trader. So um, yeah, she's not letting go of this this comment that he made in the last episode when he said, "Oh, I forgot we could be murdered." It it must be really frustrating for Dirk that he, he I don't know what he's supposed to do to change Fee's mind at this point. You know, she just she just isn't letting go of it. Yeah, I, I think if I'm in Dirk's position, I would rather know where she stood because at least then I feel like I can do something about it versus her not keeping it to herself. I'm sure it's extremely frustrating because when you he came in to that last table as sort of the target and you're able to escape it and you're in his mind, he probably thinks, OK, I'm good now. But then it's like, well, and I'm right back to where I was before the last ta table. Yeah. I, I, this has nothing to do with the show. What are they playing like they're throwing some kind of ball. Like at first I was like, oh, they're playing croquette. Like I've played croquette before. But then I was like, oh no, they don't have, they, they're they just throwing a ball. Like it was just some kind of like in, like in the US we have like cornhole or like horseshoe. But I was like, what are they doing? Do you have any idea? I have no idea. I have completely forgotten what they were doing. Maybe they just invented it. Maybe they didn't know how to play any of the real games. So they just invented their own game. <laughs> it was just, it was just, I was just, I, I was just, I just looked at that and I was like, this must be like some kind of Australian game or something. I was like, I'm going to ask Matthew and see if he knows what it is, but you didn't know either. So, no. okay. Maybe, maybe it's just like a, a stress reliever, you know, yeah. it's obviously a very stressful situation. Yeah. Right? I can, I can believe that. Sure. Yeah. More so for dark. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so there's a miracle of the season at this moment, by the way, because Paul, Paul, one line of Paul speaking makes the cut. So we actually get to see Paul speak for once. Um, and it's just a clip of him saying that Dirk is at the top of his list. And so so Paul's had his moment for the episode, which is nice. Um, it's more than I, he usually Paul gets. Paul and Craig are two people I feel like I know nothing about. Yeah. I guess they haven't had their like little introduction, which I think Australia has done a really good job of versus the other two versions of like introducing the the faithful or you know, the traitor, whoever, yeah. you know, and giving us a little bit of their background. But those two, I'm constantly like, oh, they're still they're They're there. I yeah. know nothing about them, you know, so. Yeah, they're dead. They're, the backstories are kind of dropped in throughout the season, but um but I'm not. I, I don't want to spoil anything for you. But you're never going to find out much about Paul. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> like there's, by the end of the Traitors Australia, you will still know very little about him. It's the weirdest thing ever. Um, okay. But I'm not telling you how far he makes it or anything like yeah. that. You you will find out. I'll uh, just wait for that interview that you do with Paul after the season. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you'll find out so much more about him. Uh, yeah, I 
I interviewed Paul recently. I found out more about Paul in, you know, 45 minutes of speaking to him on Zoom than I found out in a whole 12 episode uh, arc of a, of a TV show. But hey. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, so after Paul gets his one magical line, he says he suspects Dirk. Um, Kate, Kate's still focusing on Teresa. Um, and she's, Kate says that she, as in herself, Kate, she says she's been last to walk into breakfast twice. She knows how it feels and how you can, you kind of know that you're the last one. And she says that this morning at breakfast, when Teresa walked in last, she wasn't nervous at all. She wasn't behaving like that. So Kate finds this very sus. Um, I've noted just something general here about voting in the traitors. Voting is very political in this game, as in, like, it, 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 I mean, quite literally almost, it feels like the way politicians have to get, you know, make sure they've got enough votes to make something passed. They've got to, you've got to whip people up. Um, because Kate has this line, she says, I'd love to go for Teresa if I can get the votes. So it, there's this element of gameplay in this show where, Sometimes you you can't just always be 100% honest and you write down the name of the person you think's the traitor. A lot of it is really based on numbers and well how many how many other people are going to vote for this person? Is it worth spending your vote on that person? So there's lots of this kind of like arithmetic going on and figuring out who, yeah, who's a lot of way strategy you know yeah. and that really I, I find develops later in the game because in the in the first part of the game it is a lot more random you have a lot of people that are getting different votes but you, you do like as the game goes on there's a lot more collusion there's almost like dare i say like an alliance yeah. you know that you start to have develop between certain people and uh, I, I think it's smart you know on behalf of of the faithful but it's only smart if you're sure that people are not traitors, which you're never completely sure. So yeah. you don't know if who you're working with is is really working for you or against you. Yeah. And you mentioned that you watch Survivor. Um so I we don't really have Survivor in the UK. They are they are about to bring it back and it's sort of coming back to British TV. They tried it years ago and I think it lasted two seasons and just faded away. But they're bringing it back. Um US Survive. From what I know, is this kind of like the way Survivor works? Is it sort of very, very strategic, and there's like a voting element there as well? 
yeah, you you're you're split up into tribes, so you don't have just like one huge tribe. But as as those tribes get rid of people, then eventually everybody votes together. You know, you all come together as one tribe. And yes, you do vote people out. And so, you know, very early on in like Survivor season one, you know, the person who won that season figured out that, okay, if I get so many votes together, I can control the game. Yeah. And so that's really what Survivor is all about. And so sometimes you might have a target that you want to get rid of, but sometimes it's just about, okay, anybody other than me. Yeah. Right. And so, and, and even in the traders, you know, kind of what you're seeing somebody like Fee and somebody like Dirk are in such very different situations because Dirk is in survival mode. He's just got to find somebody other than himself that he can put the heat on and he can get voted out. Someone like Fee, nobody's coming after her. So her strategy is more so to really find a traitor. Whereas Dirk, sure, he wants to fight a traitor, but more more than anything, he wants to be there the next day. And so their strategies are going to be different. And I think that places Fee in a in a better situation to more manipulate what she wants going forward in a vote like this versus someone like Dirk who's on the defensive. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that it's it's difficult because the, the Australian version was filmed last year. They the, and there had been um, like a Dutch version of the show. That's where it came from. They hadn't seen a UK version or a US version, so they were going into this game really not knowing what it was or having any experience. I think anyone playing the game now, well, if they've watched if they've watched a version of the show on TV already. It, must be easy you you have a bit of an advantage but these guys these contestants had nothing to base it on uh, and i guess that's why sari in the us version probably did so well because she had been in survivor and like you said she had she was probably really good at strategizing and figuring out how to vote in a clever way so um yeah i think it definitely you know which is why the u.s version was so weird because it was like half celebrities and and half not and so i think if you've been on on any reality show of course a, a, a show like survivor big brother which i don't watch but where you're voting people off i do think it gives you a little bit more of advantage and a little bit more understanding but here where you have an even playing field i think as the game goes on it starts to make more sense to you because i mean even if they had been able to see the uk or the u.s you still have so little data you know, yeah. to go on that, you know, I, I don't know that you could use that as a huge sense of inspiration. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, the exception to all of this talk of like knowing knowing you need numbers as if you're Matt. You, if you're Matt, you're just going for Teresa every single day. <laughs> you don't care what other people are doing. Uh, so, so Matt's not really going along with that. Um, uh, Marielle and Nigel suggest to one group of people that they are going to go for Kate, and then they suggest to another group of people that they're going to go for Teresa. So they're trying to manipulate people, and they're trying to figure out what everybody's thinking. Um, Marielle notes, and I think in her interview, she says well, Alex's name still hasn't come up from anyone. So Alex is already doing. I mean, she'd been doing well anyway, I suppose, because no one ever suspected her. But as a traitor for her first episode she's she's still doing well doing really well uh, alex is talking to dark at one moment too and tells us that she had thought he was a traitor uh before she was one so it'll be fairly believable for her to now go ahead and vote for him because it aligns with what she does you know 
when she was a faithful, she voted for him. So she thinks, well, I could just keep doing that and it won't look weird because I already voted for him once before. So going for Dirk's probably a good idea for her. And again, Alex is watching Marielle and Nigel. She watches them talk to Teresa, for example, and she is amazed at how they are pulling all the strings in this game. That's how she describes it. Do you, you spoke a little bit about this earlier, Kim. Do you think it's easier to be a traitor recruited halfway through the process than from the start? Because you've, you've played, you've been with, yeah, yeah, you've played it as a faithful and you've, you've seen things from different perspectives. Like, does Alex have some sort of advantage here now? I think she does because I think if your mind has been in one side of a game for so long and then it immediately flips to something else, I don't think that that's easier. I think that she definitely has more information now, but I think that only time will tell, you know, how she's able to, to, to keep it, keep the act up long-term because we've seen, you know, in different versions for some people, they really thrive being a traitor. Some people, it really wears on them. You know, I haven't really seen where Alex has like this great connection with any of the remaining faithful. So I think that that could make it easier for her. It's it's interesting to me because she mentions multiple times during the episode and you said so too, that she's really impressed with the way that Marielle is playing the game. And as I'm watching it, I'm going, I think Marielle talks too much. Like, I think she's trying too hard to manipulate the game that, that I think it's okay to do that at times, but this is kind of a survivor move, but you've also got to know when to take a step back and let other people lead because eventually people will sort of wise up to the fact that you're always throwing somebody's name out. And so I don't know that you always want to be the person to throw the name out. I think in traders, there's this fine balance between saying too little and saying too much. And I feel like we're kind of either they're just showing it more or I just feel like we're kind of at a point where maybe Marielle is is maybe feeling herself a little too much. <laughs> and she's starting to say she's starting to talk a bit too much is what I kind of feel. And I'm and I'm listening to Alex as she's saying how impressed she is. I'm like, is she impressed because she didn't see it? Or is it because Marielle really is doing a good job? Because, I mean, Marielle's name did come up earlier in the season, but we really haven't seen it so much. But, you know, as you get rid of more and more faithful, eventually there's there's not as many places to hide. And so I don't know if her end game is going to be as good as maybe her beginning and mid game. Only time will tell. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, there's no shield challenge in this episode. Um, and I don't really know why. Um, do you have any any thoughts on that? Well, like in like in Top Chef, because again, I'm, I'm I watch like a zillion reality shows, right? <laughs> like in Top Chef, they have this where you would get immunity for the elimination challenge. But once you get down to so many chefs, they they get rid of that. They mm-hmm. get rid of the immunity part. So I don't know if that's something that they're like, okay, we've got to the point that you know, keeping one person from banishment or getting murder is starts to detract or starts to sort of limit what they're able to do and so they just decide to to get rid of it at some point in the game that's a possibility yeah so we we're ready for the banishment room at this point uh they all enter roger is doing what he does he's psyching them up he says that the room feels a bit more traitorly which made me laugh uh and Fee begins the discussions tonight. She just immediately goes, um, Dirk, hi. And she starts going on about the, the comment that he made, this flippant comment when he says, 
he forgot about murder. Sophie says to him, only um, only someone who murders people can forget about being murdered. And I think Dirk is losing his patience a little bit now. Um, Fee also points out something else that he said last time. She says that he said, if you vote me out, you'll be ruining your winning streak, as opposed to saying our winning streak. And as viewers, like we know that she's kind of on the wrong track here, but I can see her thinking. Like I, she's trying to pick up on little mistakes and language that could be quite psychologically revealing. So I think that's fair enough that she she picks up on that. Like maybe that was quite astute, even though we know she's wrong. Because <laughs> yeah, I I made that note too. I thought, wow, that was a really good catch. I mean, she's wrong, but yeah, yeah like you said, she's on the right track. Yeah, in her thinking. They have nothing else. They have no actual evidence to go on. So I guess you've got to pick up what you can pick up. Um, and Lewis now piles on Dirk as well at this point. He he says that uh, Dirk wasn't one of the active people to go out and get Angus and Claire who've been banished already. He says that Dirk was more enthusiastic about getting out Matt, but Matt ended up being a faithful, so maybe this all looks Dirk, not look like he's really been trying to get traitors. Um, and Dirk just, just sort of says, it doesn't know what he's supposed to do now to convince people. He's getting frustrated, kind of maybe giving up a little bit, which would be understandable. Uh, so Teresa asks him, well, who are you going to vote for tonight then? And he says he's going to vote for Kate, probably. So they argue a little bit about how she was the first person who wrote down his name a few episodes ago. Uh, and then Teresa kind of chimes in with that. She also thinks that Kate could be a traitor. And it, it starts becoming this sort of back and forth between the the, the the argument just bounces around because Kate then retaliates and she calls out Teresa and she says, your behaviour at breakfast was weird. It was mind boggling. Um, and there's a there's a long take of Teresa just looking like completely gagged here, like she's just totally shocked. Um, and I get Kate says this thing that she said already in the episode. She says Teresa didn't really look around the room when she arrived at breakfast, um, like you normally would. And and then she says that after Roger mentioned recruitment and everyone was really anxious and confused, Teresa jumped straight to her theory. Oh, it's easy. We'll just have to look at the quiet people. And Kate says, well, how did you know the traitors would pick a quiet person? And and Teresa said, well, you know, you're misquoting me. That's not exactly what I said. Um, although I kind of think it is what she said, but hey. Um, so not long after this, then the voting begins. Uh, so the vote begins with Kate tonight. Kate votes for Dirk. Fee votes for Dirk. Teresa votes for Kate, which is probably which not. Makes as... no sense. <laughs> uh, uh, why, why do you think that makes well, no sense? Well, no, it's 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 not it's not Teresa voting for Kate. It's Kate voting for Dirk. That made no sense to me <laughs> because she had just spent all that time throwing Teresa yeah. under the bus, and then she votes for Dirk. So I'm sorry, I misspoke. I spoke too early. <laughs> um, yeah, it is surprising that Kate voted for Dirk. Um, I, it makes me wonder how edited was this. Like, was there a whole ten minutes of Kate also talking about Dirk that we didn't see, and they just chose to show us the bit about Teresa? I'm not sure. Uh, so Lewis then votes for Dirk too. He says that he thinks Dirk is showing a defeatist attitude. Um, I don't know if that. I don't know why that makes him a traitor, but 
Dirk votes for Kate. Nigel and Craig vote for Dirk. And at this point, we know if Dirk receives one more vote, he will be banished. Um, he looks really upset. I find it quite tough to watch, actually, to see Dirk struggling like this. Because we know he's a faithful and he's probably about to be banished. The next vote comes in. It's Marielle. Of course, she votes for Dirk too, as do Paul and Alex. So it's almost a clean sweep for Dirk. I love Dirk's reveal speech. Uh, I think it's great. He totally fakes them out. Um, he tells them, actually, I'm not just a hotel concierge. I'm also an actor. So they are all looking really pleased and thrilled because they think, oh, oh, he's an actor. He's about to tell us he's a traitor. We got him. And then he tells them that noise of faithful. So <laughs> there's a shot of like a few people just looking totally shocked. He does a very dramatic flamboyant bow. Kate's Kate's jaw is literally hanging open because she's it's, this isn't the first uh, banishment where she has written his name down. She's done it before. Um and as as Dirk walks off, we hear Teresa just saying, one hell of a game. And she's absolutely right. They they've been totally dumbfounded again. Uh, did you like Dirk's goodbye speech? <laughs> I loved his exit. I thought it was great. I love the fake outs. Like I love when the faithful leave, or even the traitors leave, and they give some kind of little anecdote before they go. I just think it's just again, it's just more fun. It's more entertaining. And so I thought it was great because it's like they get their hopes up. And then it's like, oh no, we were wrong again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fun playing a playing around. You've got it's your last moment. You've you've got you've got a little bit of space to do what you want. So why not play around with everyone? That is very entertaining. So after banishment room, then we see some discussions around the house. They they are basically baffled by dark. They they just don't know what to think now. Fee says we don't even know how many traitors there are. The fact we can't even get one is quite scary. They they all seem just sort of progressively scared of going to bed at night because obviously the numbers are getting smaller, so your chances of being murdered get higher. Um, so it it ends on quite a quite a t t tense moment, I guess, as they all head off to bed for the night. And for the last section of the episode, we're back to Traitor's Tower. Alex asks the others, how have you been doing this for so long? And she's a little bit worried about her performance. Nigel suggests they do this pinky promise. Uh, he says he wants to go all the way to the end with Marielle and Alex. So we're going to do a pinky promise. Um, I, I, do, you think, do you think Nigel really means this? I do, because I don't think Nigel wanted to get rid of... I don't think Nigel necessarily was on board with with voting for other traitors. You yeah. know, I think he felt like his hands were tied, you know, with um, with Angus. I thought it was interesting that Marielle kept him in in with the Claire vote, which it was smart, you know, because then you're looking at her. But I, I feel like you're always kind of uneasy as a traitor when you've gotten rid of other traitors because you know that that can happen to you. Yeah. So I think he wants to because I don't know if this is more so him showing them some loyalty or if he wants to see some kind of loyalty for them. I don't know what the goal is here. On one hand, they've, they've got to feel like they're in a really good position because, you know, there are three names thrown around the table. None of them were theirs. Right. And so, um, so yeah, I think it's always, 
it's best for, I would love to see a season. You know, I, I hope that traders continues to go on and in all of these countries, we get multiple seasons. I would love to see seasons where the traders do try to stick together and don't, you know, like fall apart. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, do I think that they're going to stay together? I mean, of course not, you know, of course <laughs> not, you know, but I mean, I, but it, it would be smart for them too, because I mean, at this point you have what five faithfuls and three traders. And so if you were able to get another faithful banished and you were able to murder another person and all of a sudden you've got a voting block of three versus another free people. I mean, yeah, you could ride that to the end if you're thinking like that. But I don't know if they're in that mode of strategy or not. I think they mention it here in this conversation. Um, But, you know, obviously, as we'll see, you know, soon, whether or not they, they stick to that or not. Yeah, yeah. And so the conversation turns to murder for tonight then. And, and Nigel does say uh, what you said. He, he says, right, we're, we're going to have to be really strategic um, because if they can get... He says that basically they can make it to the top seven now. If they can get another murder under their belts, maybe even another banishment, will be top seven. He suggests Fee or Craig for murder tonight. Alex says that Craig is probably a bit easier to manipulate, um, whereas Fee's sort of very strong-willed and has a very she's very sort of outspoken Marielle points out that no one suspects either of those two of being a traitor so they're not going to be banished so they're going to have to murder them at some point probably Fee or Craig Uh, Alex says that Fee is actually really clever um, although tonight she wasn't (laughs) but Alex likes that generally she's pretty smart that she's observant she says that Fee doesn't trust anyone Although I don't think that's true because I think Fee definitely trusts Teresa 100%. They are besties, so I don't know how accurate that is. Marielle brings up Kate at this point. She says she wants Kate gone. She wants Kate out of the game. Alex agrees. Kate's quite worrying because also, you know, Kate's clever. She, outside of the traitors, is a game player. She loves games. She loves strategizing. She's, 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 been doing well so far with finding um, the, the well, the two traitors who've gone so far. Um, Nigel suggests that probably also don't want Teresa in the top seven. Alex says she might get herself banished though because she's quite sort of loud and gregarious, but that'll be tough. The end, so they've talked about a few people here, um, and they end by sort of suggesting to us, the viewers, that they're all in agreement about who to murder. We just obviously don't know who that is yet. We've got some creepy cutscenes like we often have at the end of the episode, some getting ready for bed shots, and the episode ends there. Him. overall thoughts uh firstly why do you think everyone why did dirk end up banished tonight despite last week or the last episode him doing so well to save himself why did the vote come right back round to him again i think people are just they're, they're grasping hold to anything right and they, they have nothing to go on and they're just grasping hold to anything it was interesting to me because in the previous vote where dirk saved himself they were like oh you are so calm and in this next vote, I thought he was pretty calm too, but they felt like he was defeated, that he mm-hmm. gave up, that he lost his fight. And so obviously whatever demeanor that he had in the vote where he was banished 
they they didn't feel like if they felt like it was different from the one before. But I think yeah. at the end of the day, they just didn't feel confident enough in either Kate or Teresa, which are the other two names that would get thrown around. Like he needed somebody else to sort of throw the heat on, whereas it was Matt just sort of dug himself a grave, right? There was nobody that did that at this at this banishment, you know, and so he needed somebody else to throw the heat on and he just didn't have it. Yeah, yeah. And by the sounds of it, it's probably going to be Fee or Craig who are up for murder. Uh, are they wise choices? Do you, Is there anyone else they're missing that you would have put up for murder tonight? I mean, Fee, again, makes the most sense to me just because it, it would scare me a little bit with some of the, the comments that she made about things that she heard Dirk say. It would make me go, oh, she's really tuning in to what we're saying, and that might unnerve me a little bit. I understand where Mariel's coming from with Kate, but when you've got two people like Kate and Teresa who are going up against each other, I just feel like you you can't murder one of them, right? Unless you would feel like people would then throw the heat onto Teresa because of the murder. I just think that it's you just almost have to keep people in there that are going at each other that are going to throw each other's name out there in. So I understand they're they're wanting to keep those two in. I feel like I don't know enough about Craig to make a determination of whether or not he should stay or go. Yeah. You know, to me, if I'm a trader, I'm looking at getting rid of alliances, you know, voting blocks, you know, that could be problematic. I'm looking at people that if people are pretty confident or not traders. And I think that, you know, Fee and, and Craig honestly probably both fit that category. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking at Fee because like I said earlier in the episode, I feel like why is she even, why have they even allowed her to get to this point? Yeah. <laughs> And I suppose the fact that you said you feel like you don't know much about Craig at this point, maybe that that is then a reason to get rid of him because that would suggest he's quiet, he's more of a background character. And like the traitor said, well, if he's quiet and he's a background character, he's probably not going to end up banished, so we might as well get rid of him. Uh, so maybe the fact that you that's your response to him suggests they should just get rid of him, perhaps. We'll see. Yeah. And, and Marielle made a comment that, hey, Alex's name isn't hasn't been coming up, which made me think, well, who else's names are coming up? Are, 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 are the names that are coming up simply what we've seen, which is Kate, Teresa, you know, Dirk, who just left? Yeah. Or have there been little whispers of other names that yeah. we haven't they haven't shown us? You know, because they have more information, obviously, than what we see as a viewer to go into making those murder decisions, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Uh, we have our own banishment to conduct very soon. Before we get there, Kim, can you tell us a bit more about where we can find you online, what we should check out, maybe a little bit more about the Cutting Edge podcast? What should we know? So my Twitter handles are Kimmy Two Shoes. That's my just my personal Twitter handle for the cutting edge. It's cutting edge. It's I'm sorry. It's ice skate podcast on Twitter and cutting edge podcast can be found on, you know, anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, you know, Apple, Google, you know, iHeart, all of those, all of that good stuff, probably places I don't even know about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, definitely. If you're a figure skating fan, check that out. You know, if you have UK listeners, they have a great ice dance team in the UK, which um, are fantastic. Fearing Gibson, and yeah, you can check me out there. Excellent. Now, um, we've been playing a game. We've been playing the Trader Traitor. Ooh. Ah. 
I do you have any did you first of all did you lie to me I did okay I also lied about something I don't know if I did a very good job this time. Normally I feel quite confident and this time I don't feel that confident um, because, well, I, I won't say why. Um, I'm going to guess your lie. Okay. I'm really, I, I don't have a lot of options. Um, I have two, two possibilities. Okay. And I'm going to get right. I'm going to go for the one that I wrote down. You mentioned that as I think Dirk and Fee were playing a game and you were wondering, is that croquet? And then you said, I've played that game. I've played croquet. Was that a lie? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very good. And I, and I figured you probably would guess me out because I didn't know the name of like the croquet sticks. <laughs> I was like, I should have looked that up ahead of time <laughs> because I had some potential lies. That was that was not the strongest one that I wanted to use, but I didn't get an opportunity to use the other two. <laughs> so that's the best that I could do. So yeah, that was definitely it. So yeah, not a good liar, apparently. <laughs> no, oh, I'm so impressed with myself. Oh, wow. I can't believe that. Okay. Um, any idea what I lied about? Um, I, I only, I only have like, like two options. They're both the same thing and they're both, both probably wrong. Um, you said you interviewed Alex last week and you said you interviewed Paul. Um, so I'm going to go with you didn't interview Paul and learn a lot of things about Paul. Uh, that is not a lie. That is totally <laughs> true. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> um sorry yes i did i have spoken to paul okay my lie i'm i'm quite impressed i got away with this actually so my lie was about the show and as as we were talking for the past hour or so i thought oh kim knows a lot about this show like you were so detailed and i thought she is i, I have planned to lie about something in the show and you're going to catch me out as soon as i say it but maybe i guess you didn't right towards the end um Nigel, I kept saying, oh, Nigel was talking to Alex and Marielle about making it to top seven. But actually, it's not the top seven, it's the top six. And he kept talking about top six. So well, I and I had <laughs> mentioned the six, you know, in, 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 in that whole strategy thing. And you said top seven, you know, and I thought maybe he can't count. But <laughs> but I, yeah, I didn't I didn't think that was a, a lie. I thought that was just like a slip up. <laughs> oh, well. No. So, I mean, I get, so I, you didn't call me out in it, but you obviously did notice that something wasn't quite right. So that's like, you, you, I, I think that kind of counts. You noticed that no, something it, was up. No, well, no, you, no, no, no. You, you definitely got me there. You're, you're a better liar than I am. <laughs> yeah. That's quite worried. I'm getting to, I'm getting quite good at lying now. It's, I should be worried about myself. This, maybe this isn't a good trait to have. Um, Kim, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of The Trader. It was it was excellent to talk to you. You knew so much about it. That made for such an easy conversation. I uh, hope you've had a nice time. Oh, I did. Thank you so much. Excellent. I will put the links to your social media and the podcast and the notes for the episode. And I will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, faithful trader listeners. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Kim. I had a great time talking to her about episode 8. And, pretty excitingly, the next interview special episode features newly banished player Dirk Strachan. And that is available to listen to right now. 
Dirk and I spoke for a long time and he was absolutely unafraid to spill all the behind the scenes secrets about filming. I was so excited about everything he told me and I know you will be too, so go ahead and listen right after this episode. As always, you can get in touch with me on Instagram at the Tradar Podcast, or in Twitter at the Tradar Pod, or via email at the Tradar Podcast at gmail.com. You'll hear from me again very soon. Until then, stay faithful. <laughs>